Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Super Deluxe Gamescast. It's Thursday, October. I almost said September, but it's October now. October 7th. Uh, and it is a uh, happy month, John. It, it is a different month, I know. Um, and speaking of the month of October, happy Metroid Dread Eve, everyone. Uh led Eve. I happy led Eve. Like I guys, I'm so fucking excited for tomorrow. Our, I have been waiting literally 19 years, just like everybody else, just like every other Metroid fan for the for the fucking continuation and apparent end of this uh, story arc. I was and, 11 when Fusion came out and I beat uh, it and I was waiting God. for the next one. I'm just going to point that out. I'm and how old are you now? now? You're, you're 30. 30. Yeah. Like, when did that's how math works. Out? 2002. 2002 alongside Prime. I was... How old were you? Five years old. Jeez, man, we we haven't had... I honestly think that might be one of just the best days of my life. Like, no joke. Like, Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion came out on the same day. Two Uh, flawless, immaculate Metroid games. And, man, I, I do love 2D Metroid, but Metroid Prime blew my goddamn mind. Like, that game's still, like, a top three of all time game for me so like that was i'm the only metroid game i genuinely love i remember i i still remember my grandma took me to gamestop to pick up my pre-order for prime and i remember like i was so excited for that game i literally had planned out how i was going to hand them the rest of the money needed to pay for it so that it would take them the least amount of time to make change so i could get back home as like and save precious seconds because my mom didn't like me playing games at night. So I had to I had to uh, get home and get my time in before mom got home from work after grandma got me off the bus. So uh, what I'll say is this, like I, I, I needed this to be good. I didn't even need this to be good. I needed it to be great. And people are calling it uh, the best either among the best 2D Metroids, the best 2D Metroid or among the or among the best Metroid games, period. Like it's. Uh, it's right up there with zero mission for for almost everyone I've talked to or Super Metroid. Uh, and I couldn't fucking be happier. Like, I I desperately needed this to be good. And uh, and oh, my God, I'm so fucking excited. I would normally play it at midnight tonight, but I'm waiting for that fucking swollen to be in my hands tomorrow uh, before I fire that bad boy up. Uh, Derek, you're actually doing a stream tomorrow night, right? Yes. As soon as I got off work, I'm coming home. I'm going to do what I've got to do to get set up and I'm going to start us a stream. So oh, I can't wait. We'll I'm going to announce the specific time once I get home and we know that for sure. But I'm going to be playing Metroid Dread and listening to you stream Metroid Dread. I will I'm stream going to those a, opening hours. I'm going us. to wear a Metroid shirt. I'm going to wear my Metroid. Look at this. I got my uh, I got my Metroid beanie yeah. with my, ready to go. Like, I, like I'm beanie. fucking I'm fucking ready to roll with this I shit. I have a Metroid man. shirt, but it's way too tight. I've picked up a lot of weight since high school, so I have a I have a uh, I have a Yeti uh, Metroid shirt. They do good fucking work, man. I like, I was actually cleaning out some old stuff, and I found my like old like early two thousands Hot Topic uh, NES Metroid box art <laughs> T shirt. Definitely can't wear that anymore, but I, I laughed when I saw it. All right, so we've got a lot to talk about tonight. There are a lot of things happening right now. A couple of, one heavy topic, one fun speculative topic. Uh, And this is where we would normally talk about what we've been playing, but we're going to switch the, Derek, we've got a kind of a format switch going forward with this. Yeah, so not all of us are getting to play games every week. 
Um, I've already been stretching it a bit by talking about what Martha's been playing instead of me. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's less what we've been playing and it's what we've been reviewing or what we just last reviewed. Sometimes we played a lot of games. Sometimes we want to talk about something that has happened with a game that we love. So I'm, I kind of think we're going to read kind of tool the what we've been playing segment into everyone's game of the week so to speak, that they want to discuss. It's not the best game of the week. It's not whatever. It's just the game they want to discuss. Whether that's something they've been playing, something they reviewed for here or another outlet, something that is on their mind because of recent news. It's a chance for every person to kind of spotlight some game that's at the forefront of their mind this week. So same basic idea and concept, just a little bit, a little bit broader in its reach. And that way we can maybe talk about a few more news topics effectively in a... Yeah fairly tight newscast where you can only fit three blocks usually. So beer. All right. Who wants to go first? I don't want to go first. first Not me. Know. I almost always, I, I usually, I, I tend to go first sometimes and I don't want to do that today. So who wants, who wants to roll first? Derek, Jeff, I can, I can go. Um, go, go man, go take it. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about final fantasy four because I beat the pixel remaster this week. Um, I have not had the ability to make much, like leeway into it uh it's been very slow process but by the time i was done with it it was funny i had like 12 hours in it like it's not a very long game and it's weird to remember how short some of these early jrpgs are but uh going back to i know i know of course final fantasy talk has to come so early you know me dude i love it yeah but um but um yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy IV is a game that I'm I'm historically actually kind of down on in the franchise, but revisiting it for the first time in a very long time, there is a, a simplicity and a straightforwardness to it that I really appreciate, and I wonder if I'm going to feel, if I'm going to miss that when I move to five with its extreme flexibility and your ability to build characters that don't fucking work. Um, so, <laughs> you know... That's the problem with games where you where that are that open ended is um, sometimes you you don't have the ability to actually make a good character because you don't <laughs> understand how character building works. Uh, and that's not a problem in four because everybody's good at their thing. And that's what matters. So. So, yeah. Four is four is good. And Jeff, if you're drinking Buffalo Trace, Buffalo Trace is still solid. OK, yeah, that's the one. Sorry, I yeah. know. I just remember the Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo and Trace I... actually makes my personal favorite bourbon, which is Eagle Rare. Um, Eagle so Rare is good shit, dude. Eagle Rare is um, pretty much the best bottle you can get for its price point. So, yeah, like it's a like it's a, it's a thirty dollar bottle. And for thirty dollars, dude, you're you're getting probably a lot more expensive fucking... up in Canada because what got to ship it from the Wait, from I, Kentucky. I'm sorry, everything is I'm so what? just happened with our conversation i have sorry, no jeff, idea what jeff we're talking about sorry jeff mentioned in the chat that he was drinking the cheapest bourbon he could find buffalo okay. something and i was like oh it's buffalo trace that's good yeah that's okay, a great I, low cost i bourbon. was very lost yeah for a second there see jeff needs to come here for extra life solely because i need to give him some of that quality shit i got right here like Jeff, when Jeff, when, when you're coming here one day, and when you do, I've got I've got some fucking I've got some uh, Yamazaki, I got some fucking Hibiki for you. This means uh, nothing to me, but sure, I'll drink it. I I've got yeah. I've got the good fucking Japanese mm-hmm. whiskeys here, dude. Uh, Their names I can't pronounce; they got to be great. Speaking of <laughs> speak, speaking of Jeff and speaking of great, why don't you go next? Uh, okay, 
I'm not good at taking compliments, so I'll pretend you're talking about a great game I've been playing. Uh, and I'm gonna we're gonna talk about Death Stranding again. I talked about it last week, but I've I've finished it, and I I don't I didn't really like feel I don't feel like I said anything about it last week other than um, I'm enjoying it, but I, I didn't really get to talk about why I'm liking it so much. And I think I, I was still early on, and I hadn't really figured it all out. Uh, but I like I totally get this game now, and it's. Uh, I think the main reason I love it is because I'm just so fucking bored of like capital V video games and what video games are, especially because like, I, I admit I'm a little shallow. I leaned more towards AAA experiences just cause I'm like super into like really, um, polished presentation and really heavy narratives. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, I get more wrapped up in a story when it's told with convincing graphics and, 3d camera angles and stuff like that like the way it's framed and shot and stuff is just more like a movie and it just i don't know personally that that gets me more emotionally involved which is a big reason why i play games and i just uh no disrespect to stuff like pixel art and 2d but i just i don't have that same emotional response to it typically um with the exception of night in the woods because shout out to night in the woods that game fucking rules um, I mean, but, i've well, never played that jeff i've well, yet to play that. john fantastic it's so good and it's not normally my kind of game but i, I loved every second of it but that's exactly um like death stranding i'm it is like i want to be clear it's not without its flaws uh i didn't for a game that's like so non-combat focused there's some forced combat stuff especially late in the game that i knew it was coming and it didn't surprise me and it didn't ruin the experience but it's like i i wish they had a little bit more bravery just to like not really force any of that stuff but I, I get it it's still kind of an action game um but it's so unique in the AAA space to have a game like with its production values and i get why people fucking hate it because man it's just you're just loading up a bunch of boxes and you're just driving them 20 30 minutes to somewhere else on the map and there's nothing there's nothing in between there's no uh like npcs there's no towns there's <laughs> that no would drive me fucking no, crazy there's Jeff. no question marks on the maps there's not a single thing to find like the only thing there is is other player structures. There's not a single like developer created thing out there. It's just literally these pre-designated um, little like outposts and stuff that you take your deliveries from. And that's it. And it's just the landscape. And I, I get why like people who are looking for like everything, like all this stuff crammed into a game like a Ubisoft stuff. I get why it's not there, but it's so refreshing that, and so straightforward. It's like, no, you're going to go to this one spot and you're going to pick up like these fucking 50 boxes and it's going to make you move so fucking slow and it's going to take you an hour to walk up this mountain and there's like you there's just nothing it's just background like you know the sound of the wind and stuff like that um but i don't know i i think i'm really into this kind of semi-mundane tasks in video games i find it really soothing and relaxing and uh stress-free rather than like uh you know uh, shooting a bunch of stuff in doom so i i really appreciate that and like i said indie games can more often get away with this but i think AAA games have an expectation to deliver uh that big e3 set piece and stuff like that constantly um and i don't know death stranding uh is not like that at all and i've never played anything like it i don't know i don't think i will because it sounds like sony didn't really like that kojima took, kojima took that much money and made an amazon courier simulator but um I hope something else like this gets made again because it was I just fucking loved it. And the narrative is simultaneously weirder than you'd think from the trailers and yet simpler when you boil it down and you strip away a lot of the imagery and stuff like that. It's actually um, uh, I don't know. I really connected personally with the story and um, yeah, I, I fucking love it. I say if anyone is looking for like something different from what you normally play in a big polished like first party 
uh, release, or if you're tired of like, uh, I guess you might say it's a it's a sad man simulator, not necessarily a sad dad simulator, um, but it uh, yeah, it's it's really unique, and I'd recommend people try it out if they think that it's going to be their jam. But uh, yeah. So if I described Death Stranding as like Snow Runner with the aesthetics of a Tool music video, how close to the mark am I? I haven't played SnowRunner, but I know enough about it that you're yep. almost hang on because yeah, literally <laughs> while I was playing Death Stranding, while I was climbing up a mountain, I was, a mountain, I was like, yo, I should fucking play SnowRunner because I remember Zach and Maddie talking about it. You I'm guys like, ever play, um, you guys ever seen like Sorcerer? I don't movie? think so. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, it's basically that just on <laughs> like if Kojima, like, like Kojima basically watched Sorcerer. And he took some DMT and he's like, yeah, we're going <laughs> to. And he, li- he listened to a lot of low roar at the same yeah. time. Low, low roar, <laughs> churches, Khalid. Um, and- I went I went down the rabbit hole of like some of the songs in the game. And the director's cut has a new it's a new version of a song called Fragile, which is like one of the main characters names. But it's from an it's an orchestrated version of a song from an album from 2014 before Death Stranding was even announced. Um, and it's an album by Midge Ur, but the album, like the tracks on the album are named Bridges, Fragile, Connected, and it's like, Kojima, like, straight up fucking saw this album and was like, he just just took no, he ate, ate, like, a a fat fucking edible and listened to that album and was like, this, but a game. Like, you guys ever, you guys, did you remember the, the opening to Phantom Pain with that cover of, uh, Man Who Sold the World by Midge yeah, yeah, yeah. The same, same, yeah, same artist. Same yeah, movie. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's still got its Kojima stuff. I'm mad he was so fucking close. And then there's a rain and underwear scene, and I'm like, motherfucker, it's right. it's not as bad as the quiet scene from Five. It's definitely not Nothing as bad. Nothing will be that but, bad. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> it's still like I was like, dude, you're you're so close. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's definitely still got its flaws and missteps and it's far um, from a masterpiece. But I always appreciate a game that swings really big and doesn't totally stick it versus, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk recently about Ubisoft games. Right. And uh, I'll take a really messy game over something that's just super boring. So. So I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go next real quick. Um, So. I have not played anything on my Switch in like a week because I don't want to touch my fucking Switch until I don't want to touch a Switch until I get that swoled tomorrow. It's not even so turning the lights look, on and off. I don't want to fucking look at a Switch. Spit at it like fucking. I, I look at my I look at my vanilla sni- uh, Switch now with like utter fucking contempt. Like you piece of shit. Fuck you. <laughs> like I don't want to touch it. Don't want to touch it. and Want nothing to do with it. So picture Vicky walking into a room and John's just laying into his switch in the corner. <laughs> You're just a disappointment to me. I'm talking. I'm talking to it like You're my talking father to me. To talk to me. Like, and, 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 and so what I've been doing is uh, filling the time replaying some of my favorite Sega Saturn games because the Saturn is a fucking underrated system i've been playing dragon force which is a beautiful pixel-based uh, uh strategy game oh, with, that game rules uh, yeah dude dragon force is fucking awesome like like, they're like over- i think that's the only saturn game i've ever played and, and do at the time like at the time dragon like you know dragon force has over a hundred characters like it's a huge lar- huge large-scale battles 
uh, and there's over a hundred characters, well over a hundred characters on screen uh, at any given time. And you're sitting there like you're a general essentially commanding your army. It's a gorgeous fucking game. It's a working, uh, working designs game. So uh, the same publisher behind titles like, uh, you know, Lunar and, uh, uh, you know, they published the Ark the Lad collection. Dragon Force is a fucking awesome game. And I've also been replaying Panzer Dragoon Saga, uh, which is essentially like going back and replaying it. Like it's not only is it one of the greatest RPGs of all time, but like going back and replaying it. I haven't played it in a long time. Um, it makes me wonder what would have been if saturn if sega had just marketed the saturn better because this was really meant to be the uh sega's final fantasy 7 right that like that game that was going to launch their console uh into the mainstream launch a particular franchise into the mainstream uh and and panzer dragoon saga was was supposed to be it but it came out so close to the end of the console's life cycle uh, uh and of course like you know they didn't release many copies and now it takes it costs three to five thousand dollars for a copy on uh, that. that. Uh, How many were produced? It, isn't it like a few hundred copies yeah, of the game much. or something like that? It, 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 I think it was more than that, but it wasn't a lot. It's, and um, it's like you imagine the world that we would live in if like Sega was still a console manufacturer and how much better I, it, would I, be. it would be an awesome world, to be honest with you. The skin would be because, clearer. Dude, yeah, like, dude, <laughs> dude, dude, Sega made great fucking consoles. And, and uh, you know, just playing through Panzer Dragon Saga just makes me one. I love the fucking game, but it also makes me sad uh, because it, the, this game just never got the fucking widespread audience it deserved. Uh, and I would I would love a, I would love a, a re-release or a remaster or something. But there are a lot of rumors going around that they actually lost the code for the game, um, especially. And it's something that people this last thing I'll say is something that people don't know about the development of panzer dragon saga is that the development was so strenuous on the team that two people fucking died due to stress making this fucking game christ that that that's a you can look that up that's a fact pardon yeah it's kind of sad that it seems like things don't really change in this industry sometimes it's like these of, aren't it's, new it's problems it's kind, of, was. it's kind of hard doesn't it Considering all the shit going around today about uh about uh you know crunch. <laughs> yeah. Just, so sorry, difficult Justin, to make just, that game Justin that two people said fucking chat, died. The uh Wii U was a giant VMU. <laughs> he's not wrong. Am I wrong? No, he's not he's no, he's Nintendo was just like what if this but like five times bigger and it was the whole console. Nintendo does, but Sega won't anymore. <laughs> and and uh, uh, CJ, why don't you go ahead, bud? And then we'll uh, we'll shift over to Justin. What about uh, Sega? I got a game oh, this for is you what guys. I've been fucking oh, yeah, 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 here we let's go. No, first of all, fuck for Christ's sakes. Fuck that Nickelodeon fighting game that I'm also reviewing. I haven't started the Life is Strange <laughs> DLC yet, so I can't say anything yet. What's you know what game I've been reviewing? You know what game I've been reviewing, guys? What game have you been reviewing, CJ? I've been reviewing Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, That's baby. my boy. Let's yeah. fucking go. Let's That's fucking go. Man, six-year-old me is thriving right now. Getting drunk, playing Monkey Target by myself, listening to Bad Bunny, you know, singing about eating ass. Straight up. This is the absolute <laughs> zenith of my, my being right now. I am. In I understand you better now. Oh my god, this is it. This is it. I, I can die happy now. This is all I've wanted. Straight up. This game's great. They they I got a review code for like the deluxe version, so it comes with all the DLC. 
Um, specifically, the two that really mattered to me was the original soundtrack. Like the menu music is the exact same as so I, exactly the same as I remembered it. That that like that, that music that would play whenever you would go through the menus. And two, the original designs for the characters. So they have that really weird, awkward early two thousands like rendering that I love so much. They all look shiny for some reason, like they're made of fucking plastic. Absolutely beautiful. Um, <laughs> They, the, so I've been playing through Super Monkey Ball 2 story. They changed up the cutscenes, so now they like the framing devices. They're it's like in the TV, so they no longer have those really cheesy can I, cuts. Can I ask CJ because this series is new to me? I, mm-hmm. There's a story. Like, what is the story? Oh, in, man. In okay. Monkey Ball look like? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Super Monkey Ball 2 has this really bizarre story. So you play as this monkey named Ai, Ai um, and you have to defeat this fucking evil baboon called Doctor Badboon. <laughs> <laughs> you, and, okay, no, 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 dude, dude. Okay. Doctor I like it. Go ahead. Okay, I like so it. All the, there's nothing to the game except going through these levels, right? They're kind of like yeah. mazes. These like physics based. It's like think of Marble Mania, that kind of thing, where you're not moving the character, you're moving the actual stage. So okay. the whole the the purpose is to get to the end within the time limit, right? There's you know the whole you know so you have to essentially it, in a short time you have to figure out what's the best way to get to the end without falling out. Or, or like, um, reaching the time limit. So some levels will have, like, a few gaps in between that you can have to maneuver. Others will have a button that you press to make certain parts of the stage go faster or slower. Um, and, yeah, the story is completely not, like, I, I, did not, I didn't pay attention to it when I was younger. I'm not paying attention to it now. They Hold removed on, you're all the... Me you're ignoring the deep fucking no, super the monkey lore. <laughs> the lore. The lore. No, <laughs> man, because they, so they removed all the dialogue from the original version. So I'm like, man, fuck this shit. I'm skipping this shit. I hated the story when I was younger. And I you're hate a monkey more. Ball. What else do you need to know? That's all I need. That's it. That's it. Gorilla in a fucking eat, coop. You're a monkey in a ball. Oh. <laughs> um, anyway, it's great. It's it's exactly what I wanted. It is basically Monkey Ball 2. It's all the levels from Monkey Ball 1, the story mode from Monkey Ball 2. Not every minigame made it, but that's fine. Um, monkey Race, Monkey Target, Monkey Fight, all there. Monkey intact. Target's there, and that's what matters. That's monkey Target all. is the one that matters. That, that, is, the, that is the one that my, I used to play with my dad all the time. Anyway, this game's, uh, this game's great. The DLC characters are great. Like, it's not the DLC ones, because I haven't bought those, because I have to buy Hello Kitty separately, which made me sad. But um, the guest characters, uh, Kiryu from Kuza, whatever his name is from Jet Set Radio, Sonic and Tails. Um, three different Sega consoles you can play as in a ball, which is absolutely so. Speaking of, you can play as a Saturn, the Dreamcast, or the um, the Game Gear. Um, beautiful, absolutely. I love this game. It it's my second favorite game of the year, only because if I put it above Life is Strange: True Colors, I think I'll lose all sort of credibility. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would support you cj you would support you yeah <laughs> no but this game's great it's it, i've been playing it for hours um this weekend christine's coming by um she's never touched the series i can't wait to come indoctrinate her she's indoctrinator that's exactly oh, the word i was gonna really do you know what i'm saying um it's me great i absolutely love this game it's all i've been doing for the past week now that i like i i, I what is it? i finished my far cry review on monday and I'm like, all right, I got a few days to kill before I, I, sh- I before I really should start the Life is Strange DLC. What am I doing? Monkey Ball, baby. That's what I'm yeah. fucking talking about, CJ. Talk. See that 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 right there, and Jeff's kind of Jeff finding his footing with with games really makes me happy. Both those things 
really make me fucking I'm happy. I'm back. I'm back. Quite it's a, the quite autumn, a, it's the autumn quite of a CJ. <laughs> you guys, right, you guys are going to see the exact same fucking thing tomorrow when I'm playing Metroid for the first, like a new 2D Metroid for the first time in 19 years. Just want to say it again. Uh, Justin, go ahead, bud. We'll, we'll roll up with you. And then before we launch into our first topic, we got some breaking news that we do need to mention. Okay, so um, I have a few things I actually want to get to. Um, I'm going to go through them real quick. Um, first off, um, I got to check out Alan Wake Remastered. Uh, I had never played Alan Wake before. Um, I'm familiar of the stuff that's like connected with control. I, I, th I think it's okay to say that at this point. They have not been hiding that uh, because Alan Wake and control um, are connected in various ways. Um, so it's been really cool uh, to play it kind of from the perspective as somebody that's familiar with control and not so much Alan Wake. Because uh, I know some like Alan Wake fans are not happy about the ways that they connect. But for me, you can kind of see where so much of like various elements of control were starting to be thought about in Alan Wake. And like thinking about it from that perspective is super, super cool. Um, I really like the story. The writing is really great. Um, about it's the music. Oh, the music is OK. So the game is divided up into episodes like a TV show. And at the end of each one, it drops a licensed song and it j there's no credits or anything. It literally just says end of <laughs> like episode one and then just plays the whole song. And I have just sat there like vibing to the song each time. It's great. Um, Nick Cave in a fucking video game, man. It's, it's uh, it's very, it's very Stephen King slash Twin Peaks influenced blatantly. Um, they literally mentioned Stephen King by name within the first couple, like two minutes of the game. Uh, but um, I, I'm ha I, I'm really enjoying it. The combat is still not good at all. Um, it has been uh there's a lot of getting beaten up by guys in flannel that spawned behind you in the woods um but uh that's just being in kentucky i don't know what you're <laughs> talking saying, about yeah. i was gonna say that just sounds <laughs> like the canadians are out to get you <laughs> alan wake alan wake in the war on flannel uh <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you, you insulted a uh, indie folk album in Seattle. <laughs> what do you mean you don't like Mumford and Sons? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm really enjoying what I played of it. Uh, I haven't gotten too far into it because I've been you know busy with work and you know there's been a few other things I wanted to play. But I'm really excited to get into the rest of it. Um, I'm really glad this got a remaster because, like I said, I never got the chance to play it before. Um, uh, and so I, I, I haven't played the original, so I can't really compare directly, but so far with how it is on PS5, I'm very happy with it. It unfortunately doesn't support HDR, which is the thing that annoyed me with control as well, especially since Alan Wake is so like tailor made to support that. But, um, like it seems decently high res, like they're using the highest resolution volumetric stuff that I've ever seen. I'm so used to that stuff being like very pixelated, like when you stand in front of a light and it's like really sharp and it works really well um, for for Alan Wake. Uh, and so so I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to uh, to getting back into that. 
Um, but I also played a couple other things, and these are kind of exciting because it's kind of the closest things that we can do to preview coverage. I got to play uh, early re- I got I played the uh, Final Fantasy Stranger of Paradise uh, second demo. Yeah. And uh, so uh, JPEG. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm going to start with the good because I I think the game, the core gameplay and the comet combat oh, shit. In, particular, in particular is genuinely very fun i like i actually and also it's a game that's very heavily influenced by the soul style of combat but it has difficulty levels I feel so like I, 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 justin can i kind of I, I i got more neo vibes from it than i did anything else well i mean it's from the team that made neo but like Coke to me Pepsi, that's man like to me to me that's to me that's a distinction that doesn't matter um but it's from the team that made Neo. So like I was, I, I played it on the story difficulty. There's actually a casual story difficulty, which is even lower that you can turn on, which has even more assists and stuff. But I played it on the like story difficulty and like, it is pretty difficult on the action and especially the hard difficulty. The hard difficulty is extremely difficult. You need to learn the mechanics pretty deep to do that. But like, you need to be an elite gamer. But like, I I think it's really cool because it scales well across a lot of different difficulties, which I know fans of this genre will probably be happy for. And the fact that it's a Final Fantasy game means probably people that aren't as familiar with that style of game can, you know, jump in and enjoy it. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Now there's a butt coming. Uh, (laughs) Everything else about this game is in such bad shape. I have no idea how this is supposed to be releasing in March. Um, somehow the image quality and uh, performance has gotten worse since the first demo, and it was already shockingly bad in the first demo. Um, I'm playing this on PS5. I played it in the performance mode. Uh the frame rate was just all over the place. I don't think it got up past like maybe the mid forties. This is supposed to be a mode that's targeting 60 FPS. Yeah. Uh, it do- it doesn't get anywhere near that. It looks like a low budget PS3 game. It doesn't look uh, great. Uh, like, like the image is just constantly crawling, dithered, distracting. It's Justin. It's, I can, I can smell, at. I can smell the six out of tens all over this. Oh my God. <laughs> like the, this, like, Justin, I, been, I think this was an aesthetic and design choice because this is a Limp Biscuit aesthetic. Limp Biscuit is not about Limp 4K. I mean, this, game, this game looks this game, game looks like quality. it's running on Unreal Engine 3. I, I hate uh, to say it. If you told me to make a Final Fantasy 1 based action game when I was in middle school. I, this is what I would have come up with. And if you would have told me to make a Final Fantasy one based action <laughs> game last week, this would have been what I came up with. <laughs> I just want, I just want so, like, when you finally kill Chaos, when you finally, when Jack oh finally God, kills that Chaos. Fucking, Ch- that cuts it. Like, what, what, no, hold on, hold on, Justin. When he finally kills Chaos at the end, I want every, I want to see all the heroes gathered around, like congratulating, talking, like, you know, that standard Final Fantasy, we save the world bullshit. And Jack is off in the corner and he just goes, fuck this, and turns around and you start hearing, it plays I Stand Alone by Godsmack. Like, that's that's what the fuck I want. That's I what I want to have happen. I nominate myself to review this game. <laughs> I hope this game unironically I, has a character incorporate the phrase Final Fantasy into a line of dialogue. 
<laughs> like, yeah. uh, this really is our final fantasy. Yeah, some shit like that. That's the level of where this game exists. Like they're on their way to kill chaos. They're on an airship and they're about to dive into the fucking. They're about Don't to dive say into it again, Kingston John. Bowl. I can't handle it. And like Princess Sarah just says, you know, this really is our final fantasy. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, also, I'm admittedly, I'll, I'll let Justin finish. I just want to say real quick before we move on. I, I'm admittedly out of the loop on this game, but everything you guys just said, it reminds me of this clip from. I think it was one of the CW shows, Titans or whatever, and they had <laughs> yeah, like Robin just Batman. like fuck Batman. <laughs> like this, that just sounds yep. like this game. Watch that show, and was like, yeah, <laughs> they, we're gonna do that, but with Final Fantasy. That pretty much sums it up. Uh, but yeah, like, and so like I mentioned that too because like this game's coming out on PS4 and Xbox One, and I'm playing the PS5 version, and it's in that bad of shape. I don't know how this game's gonna run Good. on the on the, on the other systems. Like if it can't Bullshit. run on a PS5. Um, so I'm very worried on that front, um, which is also a shame because like Team Ninja has done the Neo remasters and that had three modes that were actually all pretty good. There was one that was like a native 4K mode. There was one that was very focused on 60 FPS and there was even 120 FPS mode. Uh, and so like it's disheartening to see them be so really struggling on that front. Um, so yeah, that game. If the, if they can get it together, I mean, let's face it, story, characters, writing, voice acting, none of that is going to be changing. You better just be a- along for the ride on that front. But um, I want Square to call I, me to like in the consultant soundtrack. <laughs> I really do. I I, 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 think, I, I honestly that. think if they can get like the performance down, this will at least be an entertaining game to to go through. I mean, if that cutscene is any indication, it's going to be entertaining as fuck to be. I mean, I wasn't no matter how many times I had watched it beforehand, which, by the way, was a lot seeing it act like actually playing the game and seeing it play out like i don't want that shit to be ironic i want it to be real like i want jack to be fucking earnest in that how did you get sponsored by square enix no this is the closest we're gonna get to a shout of the hedgehog sequel and i'm so happy everything about it's perfect it is absolutely no it 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 100 it 100 is um we are so derek we are we are sponsored by square enix but that doesn't mean that we can't tell the truth that's, that's I mean, true. I said I, I said I think the game's fun. <laughs> Between this and Abandon, we're gonna get two awesome Game of the Year contenders <laughs> in 2022. And... So, um, and then another thing I want to talk about real quick is I've been playing the uh, early access for the Battlefield 2042 beta. Um, I haven't heard great things. So it's weird because I almost feel like I'm playing a different game from everybody else. (laughs) Like a lot of things people are really complaining about are things I haven't encountered at all, which is kind of not unexpected given how dynamic battlefield is. Um, but I also just want to say that I'm very happy that, uh, I was, well, first off, uh, EA play was only a dot. It was, there was a trial for a dollar. So that got me in, um, early. So I didn't have to pre-order or anything. I just had to, give ea a buck and that got me in a couple days early so been playing it um i'm really enjoying it uh it's it's not super polished uh as is kind of expected from dice's betas uh i have played every single beta they have released since bad company 2 um i knew what i was getting into um this does not crash like uh some of them have 
Um, but, you know, it, it, it's not in a super polished state. They say this is a couple month old build of the game. So we'll see. But in general, I mean, there are some and there's some design choices I don't like. They kind of um, you can kind of customize your character however you want, which kind of breaks down some of the team play stuff between the classes and stuff. But overall, just the amount of fun I've been having is awesome. I haven't been able to just kind of chill and relax with a multiplayer game in a long time. And like, that's something I've really been looking forward to and something that I'm really glad this game's delivering because so many, um, so many multiplayer games now are focused on like, you have to be heavily invested in like what the meta is. You have to know all these certain stats and strategies. Like you have to be ready to play hard because they're so focused on like super competitive stuff. And this is just, you're on an Island. There's 128 players. (laughs) There's a rocket that takes off sometimes. And sometimes it explodes. Sometimes a giant tornado that's spitting out lightning rips through the map and tears it apart. As one Um, does. So like sometimes you'll be like, you know, what one thing that happened to me in the very first game I played is uh there was a helicopter shooting at me, so I sprinted into a building. Chunks of the building are coming off, but the frame of the building holds, so I, I thought I was safe. However, the explosions from the helicopter shooting uh set off the fire suppression systems in the building. So all of a sudden, like all this coolant comes down and starts like freezing my character and I have to bail out and like stuff for that is just so much fun. Um, like there's definitely a lot of things that need to be addressed. I don't think this is going to be a super smooth launch. Um, if you're familiar with that, ser- with this series, that shouldn't surprise you. Um, however, I don't think it's going to be straight up broken like battlefield five and battlefield four were at launch. I, some of the things, so far, like, you know, several things that those betas had that carried over into the final game just are not present already, which I think is a good sign. And knowing what I know, DICE is usually good about fixing between when it does its betas and launch. Um, I do think we're go- it's going to be considerably better than what this beta is. Um, I do think there's some design changes that they probably can't adjust fast enough. But to me, you- that's not a huge, huge issue. Um, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, I mean, I'm excited. I say this with no ulterior motives. How do you think the critical reception will be? Do you think like it's it's going to score well kind of despite these issues? Are they going to be able to patch up or do you see it kind of getting raked over the coals a bit because of I, this? So it's really hard to tell because there's there's three components like Battlefield uh, 2042 is kind of divided into three components. There's the all out warfare mode, which is the 128 player maps. There's the portal, which allows you to customize and have stuff from the older battlefield games. And then there's hazard hazard zone, which is a PVB PVE mode that hasn't actually been announced yet, even though it's supposed to be there and this game's out in a month. Um, which the stuff that people have data mined about that has sounded awesome. Like, so I think, and I've only played conquest on one map. And so it's it's tough to tell because some of the stuff that they're not letting us touch ahead of time, like Battlefield Portal in particular, I think could be an absolutely incredible, incredible feature um, if people really embrace it and create some cool user created stuff for it. So it's really tough to say. Um, Honestly, I don't think it would review super high, like if it was just based off of what I'm playing with Conquest. I think it's a fun game. Um, and I, it doesn't feel like it's it doesn't 
it doesn't feel like it's something that's going to need a ton of work, as much work as like some of the other Battlefield games have in the past to get it into a good state. But there's just a huge question mark over a couple modes that I think could make a huge difference. So I don't know. And so we're 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 getting a little long on the tooth here, so we do need to move into our, move on to our first uh, our first big topic here. Um, but uh, Justin, thank you for that, dude. Seriously, appreciate that, man. Um, so uh, let me. Uh, oh, and real quick, uh, just I, I did mention that there was some breaking news that we needed to. We're not going to discuss this. Just want to say that breaking. <laughs> throw that it's out there. Uh, the governor of California has signed the Silence No More Act tonight. Oh. A, and this is from The Verge. This is a, a thing that wasn't passed by any of us. Got it. Yeah. Uh, a historic piece of legislation authored by state uh, Senator Connie Levia that should protect workers who speak out against harassment and discrimination, even if they've signed a non-disclosure agreement. Um, oh, so this and, is uh, kind of related. For for a brief moment, I went, OK, John, this is not as much as I as much as we are politics. Thing? So I, this, I, this I'm sorry. I thing, yeah. Can you say what that was again? Because I, I, I don't even know what we're talking about. I, I don't have anything. Right, right, yeah, right, John, right, John wild, went wild card on us. So. so no. Well, no, I mean, this just happened. So yeah. uh, so the governor mm -hmm. of California signed the Silence No More Act, uh, which uh, will protect workers who speak out against harassment and discrimination, regardless of whether or not they signed a nondisclosure agreement. Oh, OK, uh, cool. And this is this is incredibly relevant. I mean, that could have a lot of impacts on the game industry, honestly. Right. Well, uh, not just the gaming industry, but the tech industry in general. Um, and uh, right. but, we're just, we're a gaming podcast. So. But but of course, like this is coming in the wake of the Activision Blizzard uh, revelations. Probably got um, more to do with the Facebook stuff going on right now. But and Tesla, I mean, it will help with stuff like Activision and Blizzard. So no, this no. So so this was actually. Um, passed in the Senate uh, in August. So I don't think this is the Facebook thing. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, I, I'm just the, re the reason I know that is because I'm looking at the bill information on the uh, on uh, California.gov right now. As John uh, does, uh, you know, as we all do um, on a Thursday evening. Absolutely. You know, this I want to I want to be accurate in what I'm saying, but that's pretty cool. Big news. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we can talk about later. But we do have uh to what's sorry that? john I, I before we jump into our two big topics uh, but i think this is good just on the topic of kind of uh workplace protections and stuff like that and you know improving conditions for work because i think justin wanted to mention one quick thing before we move on as well uh yes so this is a quick thing um but you know we've heard we we talk about it a lot on the show uh crunch um stuff like that in regards to the game industry but uh idos montreal um developers of guardians of the galaxy uh which is coming out in a few weeks uh they also did the D deus ex games um studio that's been around for quite a long time they have announced they are moving to a four-day work week uh and they they then clarified that it it is 32 hours at the same pay rate um it is not like longer days but four days a week it is actually just four eight-hour days um and they are one of the first, uh, I think they are probably the first AAA developer uh, to make this change, um, which is which is huge. Uh, yeah, you've there's cut a, a fifth of their of their work week out with no change in salary. That's huge. Yeah. And uh, like a few indie teams have done this, uh, uh, like Young Horses, the team behind uh, Bugsnacks and uh, Octodad. Uh, but uh yeah, no, this is this is really good news. And um, 
So I, I really hope more developers uh, follow their suit. Um, also this week, like Arnie Meyer got promoted to vice president of Naughty Dog, and most uh, he has been their communications and social media person for a very long time. But uh, he has been promo- promoted to vice president, and his statement about his promotion was very heavily centered on he is working on both short and long term uh, projects to improve. Uh, developer uh developer well-being um workplace quality stuff like that which is something naughty dog has needed for a while so it's good to see some of these changes are finally starting to be made uh we're not just getting negative news so uh hopefully uh progress keeps going all right and with that we've got some we got a couple of big topics to launch into tonight and the first one is um separating problematic creators from their creations and the reason we're talking about this is because uh, today we learned, well, this morning we learned that Koichi Sugiyama uh, had passed away. Now, he was the longtime composer of Dragon Quest uh, and one of the pioneers of of n- not just video game music in, uh, or, or not just video game music, but also like video game music being taken seriously uh, and being turned into like a big deal and giving, giving rise to individuals like, you know, uh, Nobu Yuamatsu and, uh, you know, um, Hamauzu and, and, and that that's all great. Right. But Koichi Sugiyama was also just a fucking abominable human being uh, who believed, uh, who wanted literally a return to Imperial Japan Um uh was a big denier of the uh, of the Nanjing massacre uh during World War II um referred to uh Korean sex slaves uh which were called comfort women uh by the Imperial Japanese army as you know happy go lucky prostitutes uh and um also was a massive homophobe a massive homophobe uh did not believe that um members of the LGBTQ community uh were were people um, didn't believe they should have rights. Uh, didn't believe that um, they should. Didn't believe that anything regarding uh, LGBTQ should be taught in schools. Uh, no, he was. He wanted to completely unperson them. Now he was a terrible person. I'm doing everything in my power not to play the Crab Rave song right I, now. I know. I, I know. I know. Man. I had it ready, like, but I'm not going to do it. So, so here. Yeah. No. No. Derek, go ahead. Yeah. I is 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 the multiple letters in the whole LGBTQ thing. Um, Here's the thing about Sugiyama. Uh, Unfortunately, so much about what makes him shitty as a human being is not really all that unique or special, unfortunately. Um, How old was Sugiyama again? 90. 90? He was, fucking like old. He, was, he was like a fucking mummy. You're going to struggle to find a lot of 90-year-olds who are not huge homophobes and transphobes. I just hate to break that to you. I, I mean, you know, most of y'all's memaws and papaws mm, probably cancel your not. fucking racist well, and homophobic I'm just saying, I'm just saying that <laughs> what I will say though, this but, is I mean, not me. I'm not trying to, to diminish Sugiyama being awful. I kind of want to put it in perspective that like Sugiyama is awful in the way a lot of 90 year olds are, unfortunately, because the beliefs of the time and Sugiyama is awful in terms of a lot of his views about like Japanese war crimes in the way most average Japanese conservatives are right. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe denies 
but those war crimes. It, it reminds denies... me of like when we hear about all these like famous historical figures that have statues and shit, and then it comes out that they were like, yeah. it's like nomad, like. You give me a name from someone from the 1850s. For sure, they were super fucking racist. But I, yeah. I think like for I think sure. The issue, well, the issue here is that like Sugiyama's beliefs were controversial in Japan for decades, right? Like, well, he, no, not really. That's that's actually what I'm trying to get into. It's it's actually pretty un. It's it's it is especially for the time that he grew up. Actually, so much more unusual to acknowledge things like the practices of of the use of comfort women and the you know a lot of the the war crimes that Japan committed the Japanese government to this day most students learn in schools an alternative history where Japan did not commit those acts like this is stuff i've read quite a bit about because i you know side note i'm producing a podcast called Castle Bravo uh about Godzilla and about the creator of Godzilla who is a uh, extremely progressive for his time, uh, Buddhist filmmaker, but like it is. And Sugiyama also did the music for Godzilla versus Biollante. Oh, and and Ifukube hated that. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, no, and it, yeah, it was so bad. Uh, one of their uh, previous composers came out of retirement. <laughs> yeah. But go on. But anyway, so the point is like the the thing is like when I talk about a creator like Ishiro Honda and Ishiro Honda like acknowledging the existence of war crimes, like recognize that that's weird that that sort of thing gets recognized, right? Like it, it's not too unlike as I kind of made this point to somebody earlier. I don't remember exactly who it's like white people in the United States growing up and thinking that racism ended with Martin Luther King jr. Because Yo, I that's kind of what I was taught. Racism ended with slavery. After right. Slavery. But, yeah. but that's because that's what we're <laughs> fucking taught in our schools. And you're supposed to be better than the way your society programs you to be wrong. But like that is a problem with Japanese culture. Japanese culture is extremely conservative and, and arguably far more conservative than American uh, culture is when it comes to the rights of LGBTQ people. Like Sugiyama's a shitty person. And I think well, he was a shitty person. Well, <laughs> ain't that the truth? The point is less that like Sugiyama was not uniquely shitty. These are evils that are and attitudes that are surprisingly common. Um, you know, I'm, I hope there's not any Hideaki Anno fans in the audience. If we're going to talk about, you know, big Japanese imperialism uh, and, and denying war crimes, because. So. So like here's 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 really the crux of the conversation. Like we can sit here like like we know that like we've all established that Sugiyama is a terrible fucking pro right again. He it's was kind of not up for debate. Person. Um, what I have seen a lot of discussion about today, what because like what I woke up to this news right. Like I woke up and I looked at my phone and I saw that Sugiyama was dead. I was like, oh boy, the discourse is coming, and um, a lot of people were you know. A lot of people were saying, how dare you? How dare you people say these things about Sugiyama that are true because he's dead. And it's like he he made amazing Dragon Quest music. And it's like, OK, but he also denied the it, he also denied the denied the humanity of an entire subgroup of people. Well, even like, if you're a right wing like, chud, he also held Dragon Quest music back past a certain point. So, right. Yeah. Like he, you know, he so so I so this is where we get into the broader conversation of terrible people who create wonderful things. Can we separate them from their creation? It, should we separate them? 
People from their love creation. Halo, but Marty O'Donnell's a shithead. Marty, like, no. here's a no. CJ, go ahead. Say no. I want to hear this. Straight up, no, we shouldn't. One hundred, we shouldn't separate because you can't. A lot you of, can't. A, a lot of art is is a reflection of the of the artist, right? Yeah. Um, you can't tell me you watch Manhattan and think. Yeah, Woody Allen's fucked up, but this movie's great. No, mother, it's about a dude who's fucking a, a seventeen-year-old. Of yeah. course, it, it's gonna—it's it, the exact same. It, it, it's a reflection of who who made it, right? There's no way you can separate it. There is no ethical way you can separate the art and the artist. You have to tell yourself, no, this person made something terrible. I'm gonna watch it regardless of what it is. You know, what I'm saying you, you you have to yeah. acknowledge it. There's no there's no moral way to, to separate, it, in my opinion. The Marty O'Donnell stuff—it's it, weird um because i i i draw very rigid lines right um if you're a like sex pest slash murderer i'm not gonna like interact with yourself if you have shitty politics that's a different story because then again most of our favorite most of our heroes have shitty politics right or most of the artists we interact with that shitty politics in the case of this guy the dragon quest composer I, he took that to like an extreme that is like um i i don't think you can justify the Marty O'Donnell thing, I think he's just a dumbass. Then, then so, like, I, here, I don't... Sorry, I was going to... No, go ahead, John. No, 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 Jeff, go ahead. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I just wanted to weigh in because I, I think it kind of builds off what CJ was saying. I think... I don't know. This is like we fucking talked about this, and I don't want to say, like... I don't know. I don't want to speak for people. I don't want to tell people what to do. Uh, my personal belief is that, you, to a degree, I think you can separate... Uh, an art from I don't want to say the artist, but people involved with the production of this work, especially in something like media or like video games or movies, because to me, it's I don't know if anyone's uh, how many people have watched The Good Place, but I think about this a lot. I've talked about this with my therapist where it's like if you go down the rabbit hole of like not buying, not watching anything that anyone shitty was involved with, like it's really fucking hard because there's like just based on percentages, if you say 5% of the population are just really fucking shitty people, and that's probably a lowball in some areas of the world. Um, is probably bad. So I think, you know, it, to my personal opinion is it, I kind of make the call based on what degree is that those are those views going to be, um, you know, present in the work. So something like a movie, uh, you know, like a set designer, if they're like super racist, okay, well, like, but that brick wall they built, you know, it's like probably not going to come into play that much as much as something like the actual script writer or something like that. And I think in the case of Dragon Quest, uh, you know, I'm not a musician, so I don't know how much of those might come out of the music. But so, to me, it's a little bit easier to kind of like, you know, and not, maybe play a Dragon Quest game and not even enjoy it guilt free. But like, I mean, look, um, I, you can mute Dragon Quest. You can mute Skyrim because Jeremy yeah. Souls is yeah. a fucking piece of shit. Jeremy Souls I, is I, a huge I agree. Would you be able to fucking watch a Kevin Spacey thing now? Like, I, I sure know. I think also there's a difference between something that is wholly or heavily attributable can be attributed to a single person versus something that was made uh, mm -hmm. so where they were <laughs> but one of many parts, right? Yeah, Marty so O'Donnell sure, yeah. can be a, mm -hmm. a shithead, but like he composed the music and the music is not screaming like obscenities and, and, and like right wing talking points at you. So right. Derek but, makes a fucking very but J.K. Rowling is Harry Potter, so yeah, you can't right. interface so, with Harry Potter in any way without that having some reflection so, on J.K. Rowling. So, so Sugiyama's so, one part of Dragon Quest, but Kanye's all a Kanye. You know so, what I mean? Derek, let's let's let, let's take what you just said and apply it to the realm of games. Who here knows the name Doug Tenable? 
Oh God! Oh, fuck! No! Yeah, we're not getting into him. I don't so, know who that is. I don't want to know. Doug he created Cable, Earthworm Jim. He created Earthworm. Well, hold oh, on. He, yeah, man. Fuck that dude. Yeah, man, he created Earthworm Jim. <laughs> just because I hate Earthworm Jim, he, he created oh, Earthworm Jim. Now, when I was a teenager, I loved Earthworm Jim. I thought it was the I thought it was the fucking best thing ever. I, because at the time. I, you know, Twitter didn't fucking exist. The internet barely fucking existed. And I didn't know who the fuck t- Doug Tenaple was. And no one knew what John's opinions were really like. Exactly. Uh, now everybody knows and everybody's fucking enlightened because of it. Um, and, but, but once I learned the truth about who Doug Tenaple is, who, who, if you don't know, he's a fucking massive Christian nationalist and a super homophobe. Um, he's anti anything that isn't, that isn't straight white male, essentially misogyny. Like, like, like he hits every fucking, he hits every fucking tick on the shitty, on the, on the shitometer, Right. I never, so I never had the, I, I like, I thought Aerithrome Jim was great. I thought it was a fun game. I never had like a super, a super close attachment to that game as a kid. So when I, when I learned who Doug Tenaple was, it was no longer, I, I no longer considered it acceptable for me to to play or enjoy Earthworm Jim because I knew because I knew who had created it. Um, in the and and the reason I bring him up is 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 twofold. One is hearkening back to what Derek just said. Like right, Sugiyama was shitty, but he was just one gear in a much larger machine. Right. So 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 I love Dragon Quest. Now I knew that I knew about Sugiyama, and I still love Dragon Quest. And I love Dragon Quest because, as shitty as Sugiyama was, I mean, like CJ said, I could like you know I could fucking turn the music down. He was an overrated fucking. Uh, he was an overrated composer anyway. Um, Dragon Quest's music has never been its fucking strong point. Um, but but Dragon Quest was more than just Sugiyama, right? So I could look past. It. I'm 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 okay with enjoying Dragon Quest with somebody like Doug Tenaple who is the sole creator of Earthworm Jim, it, it's, it, it, I, I no longer consider it acceptable for me to go back and play Earthworm Jim because, because I'm just, you know, but at the same time, this is the question I pose to you guys. When you do have a, a huge connection to something, like, for example, for me, like Final Fantasy VI, like, let's say we learned that Hironobu Sakaguchi was a huge piece of shit tomorrow. Now Don't that I've said it, we'll, suggest that now that I've said it, we'll fucking find out. But, but he's not. But let's say we learn that. I will not sit here and tell you that I could not. I could that I can't play Final Fantasy VI anymore because it literally saved my life. That's as a fine. Teenager. We all have problematic faves. Um, like so, CJ was saying, you just got to acknowledge so, that the shit's problematic. Well, I, I love I love Kanye. Like you just mentioned, Derek. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, on that topic, it's not video game related, but I, I struggle with this. I don't want to, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't want to get into the J.K. Rowling discourse. Like, obviously, she's a, a piece of shit and stuff. But Harry Potter, Potter was a big, you know, a, a major formative part of my youth, and I'm still struggling with, you know, obviously, I'm uh, not doing my part not to give her any more money, promote her any more fame. But I'm still struggling with my relationship with that series. But another big one was uh, like Joss Whedon's work, uh, like Buffy. Yeah. Uh, was yeah uh, and and like deeper like it's themes but he fucking wrote and created those characters and he's so personally tied into that that just hearing what a piece of shit he is fucked me up so bad and i still think there's value in those works and obviously uh other actors and writers uh brought those characters to life so you know it wasn't 
Uh, but it's it's like I don't still don't have an answer for how I feel about it. It's it's fucking hard and it's a struggle. But I think it's just important to at least not just say, oh, this is good. It's fine. It doesn't matter. I think it's important to at least challenge ourselves and have those thoughts and discussions. And I, I think it's OK. And you don't need to feel bad about being conflicted as long as you're being honest with yourself and not ignoring the truth of what these people did and who they were and and yeah. at least confronting that. Right. In some, yeah. In some way. I, I, th- I think for me, the thing is, because especially especially like when it comes to like movies and stuff there's plenty of people that i regularly consume the stuff of that even if it may not be public or something like i know there is a high likelihood of like being made by shitty people uh even even outside of just like what what's public knowledge and what isn't and i think the key thing is that you have to be able to be um open to somebody being upset about those things being upset about you know what those people say be upset about what people did don't just try to deflect it or try to pull the let people enjoy things i think i i mean i i know it's a i i've said this before but i think like boycotts and just not uh engaging with certain things is a very personal decision and i i respect people's decisions either way on a lot of that stuff um but i think i think should not be used as like a way to signal that like you are in the the correct in group. Do you know what I mean? Like, right? Yeah. No, and you I can't you judge like, people's individual morality based on whether they are or not participating in a boycott. Correct. Like yeah. that's that's correct. not the way that's supposed to work. I know people who play world who still play World of Warcraft who are wonderful people who are I just I who find the Activision Blizzard shit abhorrent. But World of Warcraft also like fucking introduce them to their spouse. And I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I'm probably getting Diablo like, Four. I'm gonna break. And you know what? Oh yeah, like Justin and I talked about all the time. Oh yeah, I was I was literally just gonna say the same thing. I'm gonna do it with a heavy heart, but look, if next year's Call of Duty shows us the fucking Infinity Ward logo, you think I'm not gonna jump on that shit and play? No, are you you fuck or fucking Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three remake? Are you kidding? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. are you kidding? Are you kidding me? No, but it, it it I a point like what Justin was saying. It's it's so easy for me to drop whatever, right? Um, if you read my my best of 2017 list um of my, my my favorite albums of that year back in college um i i listed ryan adams as um prisoners like my favorite album that year now ryan adams is a piece of shit who abused like mandy moore he was fucking terrible yeah. yeah yeah no i i, I used to love ryan adams too right. oh, my, 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 my wife was a huge ryan adams fan and like being a woman it's even worse for her you know yeah. so like she it's something she really struggles with so, so it, it's it's such it's it's hard to go back um to that I, i'll drop that I, I just i don't listen to ryan adams i don't listen to um i what i, I have a bunch of these artists i don't watch any woody allen roman polanski fucking errol flynn fucking um john landis movie. i don't want that easy video games are weird like you said again the gear in one big machine but the one that really got me and the one that i kind of thought all right well i guess i'm done was um during the whole ubisoft thing a lot of those games aren't auteur driven they're not very director driven you know what i'm saying they don't have a hideo kojima they don't have an ed boon they don't have a, 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 a an amy Hemming, with the exception of one very important one which is michelle on Yes. Uh, so as you guys remember, a lot of things came up that he, nothing truly disgusting or horrible. But it was like eh, he was kind of a shitty boss, and he kind of like overworked his employees. He was kind of abusive in, in in nothing to the extremes of all the other guys at Ubisoft. That again, they're still uh, most of them are still there. But to the point where I'm like, I don't think I can play Rayman Legends anymore because that is a Michelle Ancel game. That's not a Ubisoft game. Oh. That's like, I'm oh, sorry, God. 
No, I no finish the please. Sorry, I, like, it's it's a Michelle on cell game. You know what I'm saying? Like that is a genuine. All these other Ubisoft games are play whatever. They feel like they're fucking mass produced in a factory because they probably are. So it's it's really hard to pinpoint who who did what and to really kind of point a finger like, all right, if I play this, I don't think it's it's as morally wrong because I'm not supporting one individual, right? The yeah. whole discussion about Ubisoft as a whole is, is a whole other thing. But with, with Rayman and two, and then like whenever Beyond Good and Evil 2 comes out, it, it's it's a lot harder because yeah, that it's a director-driven game, that it's one person who had a vision and he kind of like guided all that, right? So mm-hmm. that's like the one thing for me, it's like, uh, all right, well, but- this is hard. Yeah, and like the last thing I'll say on the topic, I guess, because I think it uh, relates to what you were saying, CJ, I was going to bring up Ubisoft into what Derek talked, uh, you know, we talked about boycotts. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I made a tweet the other day, like, I'm I'm just not, uh, and I mentioned it, I think, earlier on the podcast, I'm just not playing Ubisoft games now. I'm not covering them. I don't want to discuss them because it feels weird. If I discuss them, like, let's be real. I like Ubisoft games, and it would feel yeah, weird. I was to say, be, Jeff, like, talking real quick, I know, how, I know how fucking difficult this has been for you. Yeah, personally. and, like, it would be weird for me to talk about enjoying and being excited for liking these things at the same time, like, saying, oh, I'm not buying, like, so it's just a weird thing I don't want to cross, but... Uh, I was very clear, like when I tweeted about this, like I'm not boycotting them because to me, and I'm not judging anyone who boycotts. I think, and I do think sometimes boycotts work, but personally to me, uh, I don't really do boycotts because I don't think those are the most effective way that I can make a difference. I don't think uh, my, uh, especially with some of these big mainstream video games and stuff like that, I don't think my not buying it makes a big difference. Um, and, you know, and if I'm going to boycott something, it's not going to be uh, to like make us, you know, to uh, get in with a group or something or to like uh, receive people's validation or approval. Like, Hey, he's a good guy. Like, that's not why I'm going to boycott something. The reason I'm going to boycott something is if I think that there's a real chance that my money or my attention not going to this will make a functional difference on the problems uh, that I'm concerned about. And I just generally don't believe that. I believe, especially in the case of video games that uh, more often than not, it's going to hurt the People who don't deserve it that's and the people who do deserve too. it are not going to be touched. But I certainly don't judge anyone who does um, feel that that's the only power they have is to vote with their wallet. Um, so, you know, I think to me, like when you talk about like how do we separate people or how do we make a difference or how do we approach things created by problematic people, uh, I just look at it on case by case basis and say, you know, with who I am and what I do and the reach that I have and the power, the tools at my disposal, what's what way can I make the biggest difference? And quite often for me, it's not necessarily not playing it. Maybe it's playing it and talking about the problematic stuff and bringing awareness to that on SDGC. Or maybe it's straight up is just saying this isn't worth my time and energy because every fiber of it was created by a piece of shit. Uh, or maybe it's a mix of both. So I don't know. I, I don't. It's hard for me to come up with a broad answer, but that's that's my I, take on that. And kind of just building off what you're saying, Jeff, like I know for me, um, you know, there there are some people that I know, like, especially with like some movie directors, I know they're fucking pain in the ass to work with uh, and have been, you know, shitty to people. And I'll still be there to see their movies all the time. Like, I, I know I know that's a thing like with me and I I've made peace with it. But I, I also just I won't deny issues when people bring them up. But I think for me, like, especially with like you mentioned Ubisoft um, and I'll also throw in CD Projekt Red and like Activision Blizzard and stuff. Um, sometimes just when I hear some of these stories, it just doesn't feel good buying these things. Like, it's not like, uh, like with Ubisoft, initially I was kind of just doing the whole boycott thing. Now it's just more of a, well, I haven't bought any of their games in a couple of years and I'm not super excited 
about them like i'm just gonna keep this going like it kind of just nurtured like a growing apathy but like you know cj mentioned with the activision blizzard stuff um you know right now i'm not buying any activision blizzard stuff but like that was easy for me to do this year whereas next year it's not going to be and like it's it's I don't know. I, th- I think for me, the personal line is like, I'm not going to shout down on people that are calling out these issues. I'm still going to talk about those those same issues while also talking about my experience with these things. And it's just I, it's tough talking about this with Sugiyama because I've never actually played a Dragon Quest game. Um, They're but good. like, uh, yeah, I, it, it's just it's impossible for me to actually articulate where this line lies for me because it's such a personal, like ephemeral thing feeling um mm-hmm. so yeah, i think that's what we're all saying it's just so hard to define what that line is and say broadly this is how you deal with these it just it varies so much with the context of who and i am and- gonna say though like if for the like when cj mentioned it's e- easy for him to drop certain things i i kind of envy that like because especially mm-hmm. i know for me with games because games are so experiential and like yeah. because the pandemic has still been such an ongoing thing like it's kind of like the one thing that I and like I can't go to the movie theaters and I have trouble focusing on movies when I'm watching them at home, which was like film was one of my major hobbies. And it's just basically been gone for the past two years. See, um, it, 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 and so like for, me. For, for me, like just straight up dropping certain things is very difficult. Um, and I really do envy people that are able to do that. <laughs> it's easy for me to say, like, I'm not going to buy a Ubisoft game yet because I get the uh, for review it's like i'm not supporting it and i'm and i could still that's the thing and again it may sound disingenuous for me to say yeah i will never buy a ubisoft game when i'm getting the codes but at the same time it's like i i'm doing the right thing by discussing it right like you, you, you i i'm honest about it every review every ubisoft game i've reviewed um like within the first paragraph of my assassin's creed valhalla review first thing i mentioned was oh yeah this fucking ubisoft is dealing with a lot of shit first two paragraphs in my far cry 6 review Hey, look, uh, Ubisoft, they're fucking harboring a bunch of fucking serial abusers, and I don't think anything's going to change. When Riders Republic comes out and I get that code, same thing. The, you know, it, it, it's that whole thing. So I, I don't envy me because, it, again, it's sort of easy for me to you know talk. Big. Well, I mean, but that's that's kind of the other end is like you're you're using a platform that you have to be able to talk to talk about these issues and elevate those issues while also I and you know, I, I have this show and like Twitter and stuff, but like I don't have the same kind of platform as like actually writing, writing that kind of a review and stuff. So like I, I respect that as well. I mean, there's no there's no one size fits all answer for anybody. Yeah. This this isn't like you're not supposed to be weighing your your goods and your evils on a scale to determine when you've hit the right balance that you're allowed to legally enjoy a, a problematic thing. Like, that's not really how this is supposed to work. Um, like, just the the enemy here is not engaging with media that may have problematic elements or problematic people behind it. The enemy is in people denying or ignoring that those things exist. Yeah. Right? Like, just know that some things are bad. And if you enjoy a thing and somebody points out that okay, well, the writer of this is a huge piece of shit and they used some elements of of this game to portray like a veiled anti, you know, LGBT message or something, then you kind of go, 
damn, that fucking sucks, right? Like, you don't go, that's not true. This game's not anti-whatever. Like, you go, I enjoy this thing for all these reasons, but I also see where this part is bad. But, but like, acknowledging that that in this hypothetical scenario that there are, you know, veiled anti-queer themes in a story that you didn't catch on to, acknowledging that doesn't suddenly mean you've been half-hypnotized into being a homophobe. Like, it's okay. You can acknowledge that a thing is bad or has bad elements in it and disagree with those elements and simply focus more on the parts you like. But at least you did that instead of being these mm-hmm. fucking eggs on Twitter who go, Nuh-uh. no, it's not true. Derek, you described like, being a Family Guy fan perfectly. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, what you're saying, Derek, it just comes back to, like, people tying their identity to media or products and yeah. it's okay to like things. But, like, you know, if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't include that as part of your personality, it's easier to criticize the thing without feeling like you're criticizing yourself or being attacked. No. Perfect case in point. Something. Peter Coffin's a huge piece of shit, but that doesn't mean that uh, those videos on cultivated identity didn't like perfectly fucking explain the way people act with media, you know? So didn't realize it would tie back quite that, that quickly <laughs> to the creator, but ta-da. So yeah, just, just acknowledge like shit, shit can be part bad. People can be bad and you know, you can still enjoy shit. Just, and also work here. Here's my other thing that I'm going to say. I think, um, you know, you should also try to highlight and support work that you think does a good job of kind of counteracting some of these elements as well. I think that is some of the most good that you can do. Uh, like, I and I, I think trying to raise up and promote some of those things as well. Um, <laughs> almost, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm trying to phrase it, but I think the easiest way, I mean, it kind of does clean your conscience, but it also like knows that, you know, like say, you know, there's several indie studios that are focusing on being like worker co-ops that are focused on um, nice, uh, like having like good work hours, stuff like that. Like try to promote and talk about that stuff as well too. Um, You know, if, and I'm not saying you have to like go out of your way to find this stuff, but like if you find something that moves you that, you know, is actually made by good people that are trying to do the right thing that espouses themes that you think are important, that it was made in a way that you think is good try to talk about that too because i think that's a very positive way to try to get others on board and there's there's a domino effect with things like that and i i think uh trying to raise up good things um is sometimes going to be more productive than just trying to take down big bad things just remember you're you're doing that because you should be doing that Mm -hmm. and you're not doing that because it will cleanse your soul uh from or the give sin you of, what does it give you like good like brownie points or something like yeah in in order to allow yourself to engage with the problematic thing like, oh yeah no i yeah. i didn't mean it like that but like i i'm just saying like if you can do something like that i yeah. i think you just should I, in I, general. I think, I, think yeah. I think you should because i i think um i think that's a healthy way of engaging with a lot of stuff especially if you are deep into certain hobbies um like a lot of us mm-hmm. are yeah um derek we got like 20 minutes left you want to bring us into our last topic i think this yes, is a little bit i certainly uh, happier can and uh, should be more fun yeah i'm kind of sad i don't know where john went um uh he said all his shit died sorry he posted that in the chat um, oh i missed that because yeah we're both typing from ago, SDGC, so, so right rest um, in peace to john yeah love you john oh, don't um, say that jesus fucking christ oh, yeah, wait, come on like holy shit, about. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah 
John fucking died. <laughs> Guys, I'm drunk. I can't take jokes right now. <laughs> Please. So we had one last topic for the, for tonight, and it was not a super, super in-depth one, but there have been reports. Uh, the first one came from uh, Video Game Chronicle, right? Have yep. I, I got the outlet right? That Konami is reviving uh, Silent Hill, Metal Gear Solid, and Castlevania. Like, like we're coming back. We're doing these again. We're bringing the series back um, as as something big. And a couple other outlets, like, like I know Eurogamer uh, and at least one other, uh, backed them up on this, that... Yes, there is work being done. Konami is now willing to outsource these franchises and this work to other studios to help get stuff done. Because Konami really does not have internal development teams anymore capable yeah. of big AAA development. They can still license out. Good to see you back, John. I'm back. He he undied. Um, yeah. But it's 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 possible to license. I knew fucking these. CJ was going to do that. It's possible no. to license these franchises out to other studios. Like the rumor has been going on forever that Bloober team is doing Silent Hill, um, which may turn out to be true. I generally advise not looking too deeply into some of the hard details of rumors. Like part well, of that one specifically set, comes from Bloober. They have specifically kind of fanned that one. Well, well, right, right. I, but Eurogamer is also like, yeah, that's true. And VGC is like, yeah, that's true. Sure. But like, there's and also like, details that, for example, um, you know, they're remastering the, the Metal Gear Solid games, but three is getting remade by X studio. And I would be, I would be careful about counting on those details to be true. I think the thing to focus on is Konami is looking to bring back those big those three big franchises and get back into mm -hmm. traditional triple a gaming they're just gonna have to do it by outsourcing to other studios which is fine it's great guess what metroid dread was outsourced to mercury steam like you can do that so and i think I, it relates nice, nicely to our topic from the last show where we talked about like uh the bloomberg and nintendo reports and like you know how how do we know what to trust and what to believe and stuff like that and i think you know vgc and your game are very credible outlets that seem to be pretty reliable but like you said, Derek, I think like, you know, look at the big picture and not the small stuff. Like it's most likely that this is true, that these franchises are coming back and Konami's doing work on them. But like the specifics of who's working on what that could even change. Someone might have right. been working on something and they might have got pulled from it. And <laughs> we know like yeah. Final Fantasy VII remake switch development studio. Like, you know, so don't like that information might have been true at some point. It could change. It could be wires crossed. Don't get hung up on the specifics, but like. The important thing is I, that like they are they do seem to be looking to bring back yeah. and actually, you know, get games made from these franchises. It, it can't be I, true both that that Bloober team is making Silent Hill and that <laughs> Kojima is making Silent Hill. Yeah, and both of those rumors are flying around. They, they literally can't both be true, y'all. So, so. Kojima joined Bloober team. I actually love the idea of um I came I came back kind of like after this discuss you know discussion had started, um you know regarding all the rumors about you know Konami bringing on like indie teams to or you know indie devs to to handle some of these franchises. I love the idea of that with Castlevania. I fucking love it. Um, you know like imagine like this won't happen, but imagine someone like Tom Hap, who made Axiom Verge and Axiom Verge Two, getting to work on fucking Castlevania or the developers behind you know. Uh, uh, Record of Lotus War on PC, which is a great fucking Metroidvania, or or um, uh, you know the guys behind Hollow Knight. I mean, you know, you know Cherry. Like, I mean, 
fucking there are so many cool opportunities here for smaller devs to step up and take on a big well-known franchise like castlevania i like Um, the lords of shadows games so i don't want us to 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 necessarily constrain castlevania mm. to being the games ega made and nothing else because you they were that Derek, they but, were 2d but, action games before there were 3d action games under ega curse of but, darkness was good curse of darkness was good mm, and the at least i like the, the, fir- like the first lords of shadow yeah and lords of shadow one was play metroidvanias excellent. i 100 agree with you uh yeah Derek, man give me another make a castlevania souls like fucking whatever oh, like, yeah. i don't care i want tj I mean, look at what they did. Look at what Mercury Steam did. Like, here's the thing: why can't we have both, right? Like, look, look mm-hmm. at what Mercury Steam has done with Metroid. Um, you know, and then look at what Retro did with Metroid in regard. Like, everybody's like, "Oh no, Metroid can't be a first-person shooter," and the Prime games are some of the greatest games ever made. Um, and Lords of Shadow Two sucked ass, but Lords of Shadow One Lords was of Shadow Two great. did not suck ass if you played Mirror of Fate. It sucked ass. No, um, if you played Mirror of Fate, it was I'm gonna excellent. have to set. I'm gonna have to side with John here. I shouldn't have to do homework to make it one game. I'm gonna better. agree with you. I'm gonna agree I'm with you. But if you did the homework, it was excellent. <laughs> Derek, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I've never heard of Mirror of Fate before. It was this the 3DS Lord of Shadow game. Ironically, it was Mercury Steam that did that. Yes. <laughs> Mercury Steam did all three of those. Yeah. Oh. Th- did they do? Mercury yeah, they made, made all three of them. Oh, yeah. No shit. Okay. All right. I didn't know there was a 3DS one, but yeah, they they were Mercury it's Steam. Great. Um, but Lords of Shadow was fucking great. I loved Lords of Shadow. Yeah. Um, but and I think I the point is people like with when Castlevania has been gone for so long with Silent Hill gone for so long, Metal Gear being gone for so long, people are going to fight over like, what's the one true interpretation? And if there were a, a couple of Castlevania games coming out over a couple different years, you could have that variety and people wouldn't feel so defensive about the one right way. Someone in right? chat suggested Yacht Club games for Castlevania. You know, well, for a, a, a yes. retro style one, sure. Yes. A regular, like a soup, like a what is this? Like, Castlevania Four. Yeah, that, that yeah, one hundred percent. That's the only one I like. Bring it back. Yeah, that one Rondo. Rondo. That's Rondo's fucking Rondo's yeah. an amazing game. So, um, but the, of course, you know, the rumor also covers Metal Gear Solid and Castlevania. And the Metal Gear Solid portion of this uh, covers ports for one, two, three. God, and four. I'd love to see what Metal Gear um, Solid looks like without Kojima. Not out of Kojima hate. That's not what's going on. I just think it would be buck fucking wild to see what other people I'm, do when they try. No, I'm yeah. more I'm more focused on this uh, rumored Metal Gear Solid Three remake, which I don't think needs to happen. Yes, it uh, does. Yes, it I, does. No, here's the game. thing: in the Fox those engine games, with MGS Five gameplay, play like yeah. fucking poopy. I don't. I don't care. I fucking only play five. Yo, fucking poopy, man. I only played five. Five is one of the greatest games ever made. I put 300 hours in that game before yeah. I finished it. No, man. Bring them back. All three of the original PS2 games. Remake them in the Fox engine. Have them play exactly like Vinegar Sod 5. Do the Resident Evil 2 remake thing where you kind of remix some things to kind of like throw people off. Yeah, and then make um, it where four never happens. Remake, I, I, four no, is better four, than five. Like, come four, on. Like, shut the fuck up. I mean, what are you talking about? It is, dude. Like, <laughs> five isn't even finished. I mean, oh I will God. say, regardless of how anyone here feels about four, I don't want to get into that. Uh, I think four, four needs this the most. Like, four is the one that is the least accessible. It is I so fucking say, hard to play Metal Gear Solid Four right now. Yeah. I, I I will say that it is hard to play Metal Gear Solid Four right now. So like, and 
Mm-hmm. I, I will say that, like, I remember, like, the cutscenes in that game were like Lord of the Rings fucking length feature films. And I was. There's a I, two hour long cutscene. <laughs> it's an hour and 40 minutes, Derek. Okay. I, I, come on, Derek. This is so much better. Here, I'm glad Justin we, we, has that memorized. We wouldn't get a. a I timed it. We wouldn't get a Guns of the Patriot remaster. Here's my big brain theory Konami releases a mini version of the PS3 just to play that game. It's a plug and play console. That's the that would only be game I like, mean, like, it's classic shit, but it's a PS3 and all it has on it is Melgar Sod 4. And you still have to install it. You still have you to we need the smoking loading screen. It still has the snake smoking segment. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. But it's if 2021, so he's Metal like, Gear Solid games, now. we need to fucking talk about Metal Gear Rising. That game yeah. fucking rules. Yeah, but Quentin Flynn's in it, and I don't want to play that. We Yeah, we did just have this conversation, I think. I don't care. But Quentin I, Flynn is a piece of shit. Go play he Don't Make Cry 5. He's a piece of shit, but that game go, fucking... Go, that's don't Make Cry 5 game. has Reuben Langdon. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Damn it! Also, wait till, you find out how have... wait till you find out how many games are... Cutscenes are made using Reuben Langdon's mocap studio. Yeah, it's I know. a lot. Don't <laughs> like it. Man, read a fucking book once in a while. So, um, so, yeah. so, I, so I, Go ahead, Justin. So, I, I have spoken at length about what I think about Konami. Um, I, I, I actually kind of hope the rumors about like ports and stuff for Metal Gear are true. Are I think true. those are probably. True. I, I, I think okay. I think I think it's easy to bring them back, and like I think those and I think they have a good uh, base to build off of them. Actually, the MGS three remake cutscenes are done because they were all redone for a pachinko machine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that would that would be a lot less work um, for that team. I I think those are reasonable things to expect. I just I am wary. I want to get excited for this stuff. I really do. I really am passionate about a lot of these series, and I really want them to come back in some way. I just really hope they find good partner studios to work with on them that actually really get it. And I also hope that Konami gives these these studios yes. the free reign to make the games Konami the way they need to, to be get because out of their own way. <laughs> because Konami has proven um, time and time again, uh, and this isn't even a new thing. This was back when, even when they were regularly regularly releasing games like. They have a lot of corporate interference that have held back certain games that have caused issues in development. Um, this is something that they have done for decades. Silent um, Hill and, fans are really used to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and. And like also <laughs> their internal teams, the games that those have put out in the past few years, uh, actually one last week that we talked about. Um, Football's a banger. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, and even that Contra game from a few years back. Oh, I can't oh, even joke here. We, we don't talk about that Contra yeah, game. Here's um, what's going to happen. We're not going to get anything. We're going to get a, a fucking Fox Engine remake of Frogger. It's going to suck. And that's all we're going to get from Konami for like the next five what, years. What, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, like talking about Konami, like I actually just last week replayed Metal Gear Solid. And, you know, I, around this time is when we started hearing all the Konami stuff. And as I was playing it, I was like, man, some of the dialogue in this game just aged like fucking like just aged like a grilled cheese sandwich and a bowl of milk in the sun for two weeks. Like and, and for example, for example, when he's talking to Meryl for the first time, and Derek knows what I'm talking about when he, his first conversation with Meryl. And she's like, how could you tell I was a rookie? It was your eyes. And, 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 and she's like, oh, because they're inexperienced. No, because they're beautiful, passionate 
sexy and i'm like what that's like, a what? fucking great like, fucking line of dialogue what the hell <laughs> <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are hung up on the wrong things no the sexy. gameplay sucks the fucking dialogue's hey, dude, no, no, I, actually, I still really love the gameplay of metal gear solid dude like that game you fucking holds up but that's okay i, 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 I feel like that, that dialogue is intentional sometimes because i just played death stranding and you have a character like die hardman whose real name is john mcclain <laughs> like sir you, you know you pulled me from the fires of hell or something like that and like, the battlefield I, i'm not hearing any negatives <laughs> i know like it's not, I, I think, <laughs> yeah no i i do think there's especially with metal gear i think there's stuff in there that's supposed to be jokes that i think a lot of people don't realize are supposed to be jokes but that's a, that's another thing i just i really like the idea of some of this stuff being brought back if they find the right studios and let them take the time that they need because that's another thing konami could want to do these on a really quick turnaround and that could also hurt things if i hope they give these teams the freedom that they need to really bring these franchises back because i think there is a real there's a lot of potential there and i think they could easily um win back a whole lot of goodwill if they if they treat them well i hope Um, people are willing to give them a chance to be good i I sure as shit am i will i was just give me i want them I Give want them to be good. Weekend in collection, Konami. I, I was going to say Christ. that one. That one's uh, not happening, John. Probably not. But real quick, John, because I know you're going to say. I just, you know, the only th- other thing I'll say is, uh, I'm I'm a patient person, and it's been a hot minute since we've gotten a new entry in any of these franchises. I am willing to take a few stinkers because I don't think they're going to come out of the gate, bring all these back, and I don't think they're going to pull a Capcom. Uh, where it's just smash hit after smash hit. I don't think so um, either. Capcom, no. I'm fine with them taking some time to you know stumble. And, and I, to me, the most important thing is that these franchises that are really popular, people like, uh, are coming back in some form. I think that's a good first step to actually make games in these series. And, and hopefully, if they don't turn out good, they can figure out what went wrong and, and correct course and stuff like that. Just I, I'm gonna. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm not going to hang my hat at all my hopes on the first one of these to come out because I don't know if it's realistic to expect it to be a game of the generation. So there is, uh, and I know we're pushing against our time here, but there is one more franchise to discuss when we talk about Konami Revival, and that, of course, is Silent Hill. Um, And uh, I I almost dread fucking bringing that name up at this point. You didn't just say uh, Bloody Roar, which seems wrong. You know, yeah, I would love, dude. Bloody cool. Roar is sitting on my Vita, and Derek, you and I are playing that shit. Aiden is not doing funsies. anything right now. Like, Derek, you understand that you and I are playing Bloody Roar when you get which here on one that Wednesday, right? Uh, we can do one or two. I got both. Oh no, Primal Fury, dude. Primal Fury on GameCube. This was up. I can download. I can. Well, what I mean is, I can secure a copy of Primal Fury. Um, Hell but yeah. oh, shit, Doug Bowser's in chat. <laughs> <laughs> but no like like already I, monitoring I, me. I i i feel like there has been so much smoke around that silent hill fire that there's got to be something there whether it's ports of you know silent hills one through three or you know or, or maybe like do like you know like a port of origin because that's actually silent hill origin is a great fucking game that's locked on ps vita or uh, psp although didn't it get like a ps3 release as well Am I remembering that wrong? The Shattered Memories was good too. Shattered that, Memories that was, was good. That was a, yeah. on the Wii. That was a Wii game and a Ooh. PSP game. It was on the you know PSP. What they could too. Do? You know what they could do. On, I'm not even fucking around. Like I'm not. I'm, I'm okay. Serious time. They oh, could boy. do what Sega did with uh, Monkey Ball um, Banana Blitz, where it was a Wii game, probably the easiest to port to a modern console. Test the waters. 
do the full full blown like one two three remakes that we all want, right? I thought you were going to say, I, CJ, I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to say they could do what Super Monkey Ball did and just like put Pyramid Head in a ball. Pyramid Head in a ball. And that's and what I thought you was going as well. Yeah. No, okay. yeah, roll him around a little bit. I, like, I have actual ideas, all right? I, I don't just talk about fucking like, monkey. <laughs> su- like, 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 super but in this case, that was your idea. That was my idea. I don't know. Like, like, in all honesty, and I'll ask this to the group. Do we do we expect to see anything on a Silent Hill from Konami next year? No, I, I, think I don't it's know when. Be a bit. We might I, see I, announcements next year, but none of this is going to be that. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe Silent Hill, because it sounds like that might have been the first of these to get rolling if the stuff with Bloober mm-hmm. team pans out. But even so, also Blo- Bloober tends to work quick yeah. um, for better and for worse. Well, didn't uh, we so. see Castlevania first, though? No, because I, I don't think Castlevania started nearly as like it's it's all of the smoke has been around Silent Hill specifically. And if anything is going to pan out based on what we've heard, I just think Silent Hill is mm-hmm. the furthest in development. And, and Castlevania has been having a pretty sense. good, pretty good couple of years. You know, we got yeah. these like these ports and everything. I, I think people are satisfied with that. Right. And yeah. the show, the show and the show. The show yeah. And Dude. what's that? What's that other game? The kickstarted one that that's really popular. Bloodstained. too. Bloodstain. Yeah, like Blood people stain. have yeah. Castlevania. Like, yeah, Castlevania we have Castlevania at home. Like, dude, fucking, <laughs> dude, make a Castlevania game based around the Netflix series. Like, like that isn't a Metroidvania. That's like, good. Yeah. like, fucking, yeah, it's like called Castlevania first three person shooter. But, Castlevania. but like, make, but, like I guess remake Castlevania three, <laughs> and 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 just but follow the lines of the uh, of the of the Netflix show. Like, that would be fucking awesome because that show was great uh but yeah so we are we are past our time here so it is time to uh time to wrap this up we had a nice busy chat tonight appreciate everyone uh hopping in and hanging out with us um a lot of heavy topics well one one heavy topic tonight one lighthearted topic so you know and i perfectly balanced as thanos would say um we will let you know again derek is going to be streaming metroid uh metroid dread i almost said metroid prime metroid dread tomorrow um derek are you streaming are you streaming it on uh sdgc or on your personal channel on sdgc on sdgc it'll okay. be for us okay cool 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 uh and we will let you know what time that is gonna be um again extra life coming up real fast um it's gonna be a fucking we're, we're, oh, we're gonna have so much fucking fun it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be great guys a time, it is y'all it's going to be so much fun. I wish we could have I, I, I wish we could have the whole team there, but I'm 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 just glad we can get we can get some of us together because uh, it's been way too fucking long. Um, <laughs> those who are not there will be missed. Of course, this will be your first opportunity to pick up some SDGC merch, specifically T-shirts uh, and uh, uh, whiskey glasses. Now, the whiskey glasses, again, like I said last week, are going to be limited in quantity. So, uh, you know, hop on, though, if you're a whiskey drinker or you just want a cool whiskey glass with a big D-pad on it. You can absolutely like, drink milk out of those. You could right? you could fuck, drink whatever you want out of it. Monster like, energy. Straight drink yeah, a fucking totally pound of fucking can. G Fuel out of it. And it's... <laughs> Speaking of G Fuel, apparently Derek says I'm pounding G Fuel. I'm bringing for... G, G Fuel. That's how we're going to stay awake. Um, I'm bringing the G Fuel. And we're going to come up with some tears. Uh, I got for... pineapple. I've got raspberry lemonade. I've got orange and coconut. Derek, I'm going to warn you. I've never had a G Fuel. Yeah, you're going to like it. That gr- I'm sure. It'd be like I... introducing a hot Cheeto to a Victorian child. Yeah, you and, <laughs> <laughs> you and Justin and Britt, you're all going to love it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to love having you guys here. Um, did anybody else, did anybody have anything they wanted to share with anybody, uh, with the, with the audience before we kind of log off here? 
I'll take that as a no. Okay. Uh, everybody enjoy uh, Metroid Dread in exactly uh, one hour and 24 minutes. Um, I'm going to do my hardest to wait till tomorrow when I get my Switch OLED. But now that we're getting close to the magic hour, I'm like, fuck. Like, maybe I could just stay up and play it for 10 minutes just to see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Anyway, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Thank you again for this lovely, busy chat we had tonight. And as always, kindness costs nothing. We'll see you next week.